0: Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. We're burning it down, guys. This was a uh, bad, bad, no good, terrible, awful loss for the Denver Broncos against the Kansas City Chiefs. They lose thirty to six on Thursday Night Football at home in front of a national audience. You know all the stories. It, it was just terrible, and we're gonna break it down. Why? Uh, why did what happened? What happened yesterday or last night? Oh my gosh, I can't even. I, it's it's hard to fathom how bad they were. We're gonna get into. What happened? Why they were so bad? Who is to blame? Where this Broncos team goes from here? And more importantly, maybe than anything, this is a Broncos franchise that has been so rich in success and history and so successful over the years. We're going to discuss why they're where they are right now and how they get out of it and what needs to change in order for that to happen. So a lot to unpack today on the podcast, but first, our friends over there at TAP 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away, uh, hop, skip and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Go on over there and drink your Bronco sorrows away. At Tap 14 over there, they've got just a tremendous amount of uh, spirits. Of course, myself, I always talk about the bourbons and the whiskeys. They do a great job over there at Tap 14. That's Tap 14 on the web. Spell out the word 14 for me, Tap14.com. That's Tap14.com. All right, I'm going to try to break this down in the most simple way possible. We'll start with the game. We'll start with what they need to do uh, moving forward. And we'll start with the offense, because the offense was dreadful. That was, and I've been covering the NFL for about, oh, eight years now, that was probably the worst offensive performance I have ever seen. And and that is saying a lot, considering we saw the likes of Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, for a while here in Denver. This was a terrible, 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 Terrible offensive game where they came out, and it's crazy because they came out of that drive, that first drive, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm not bothered as much of Vic Fangio's decision to chase points. Look, this is a head coach that understood. Patrick Mahomes is on the other side of the field. They're going to have to put up points. I'm actually not really bothered by the two-point conversion, at least going for it right off the bat. What I am bothered by is the complete inability to move the football at all, period, across the board for the entirety of the game. From the Noah Fant drops to the worst offensive line performance I have ever seen. Eight sacks, nine total. Of course, we talk about the Wadman sack. We'll get into that fake punt because that was just a stupid play call. 21 rushes for 71 yards is just not going to get it done. Uh, the the wide receivers are getting frustrated. Joe Flacco was terrible. I mean, we every there is no positive to take from this offense. There is not one single positive to look at from what they did against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a dreadful game. The penalties, Garrett Bowles' holdings. I, I just we're now three years into the Garrett Bowles experiment. Okay. Three years. I'm done with it. I'm done. Bring in a backup because at, at some point you just got to say the kid can't play. I just, it's so, it's 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 so mind blowing to see them commit the same problems over and over and over again with no seeming resolution. And uh, look, when it comes to that offensive line, they were terrible. They were awful. All across the board, all five of them, they were they were folding like a deck of cards, and Joe Flacco had no time. When he did have time, boy, he made some poor decisions, some inaccurate throws. And, and then there were a lot of those sacks, they were on him too. This is a bad, bad game on offense. And uh, I tell you what, when your job, focusing in on the tight ends, when your job is to catch the football and you can't catch the football or you're not very good at catching the football, wh- what are we doing here? with Noah Fant. I mean, I'm really wondering, and I get it, the tight end position is a very difficult position for rookies to learn in the first year, and the reason being is because they're basically learning two positions in one. There's, of course, the tight end position, and then there's also the offensive line aspect. The Tight ends, this is a big reason why they struggle in their first year. I'm not Gonna go out and say he's a bust or anything like that because look, it's way too early to say that. It's uh, you are naive if you think that you could just. The book is already out on him, but certainly when you talk about two and. Pretty darn good placed throws by Joe Flacco. That first one scrambling to his right, kind of a prayer throw that actually was placed really nicely. And then that second one down the middle, at, uh, look, he he could feel the presence of the safety coming. He knew he was about to get hit, and he took his eyes off the football and and. Obviously, dropped a pass that went right through his hands. Those are catches you make as tight ends. That is why you get paid as tight ends, because you are bigger than the other opponent. When the, Against the defenders, against safeties, against defensive backs, you are bigger than them, and you have to use your body as almost a shield. The problem is, and look, I have talked to people. These are not my words, okay? These are not my words, but I've talked to people who are really close to scouting organizations inside the Broncos camp. They tell me he's soft. Those are not my words. Those are their words. But they tell me he is soft, mentally soft. And I tell you what, as a tight end, that is a bad word. Bad thing to be because as a tight end, you are supposed to be the security blanket. You are supposed to be the guy that takes the big hit, absorbs the blows in tough situations because generally tight ends are somebody you are checking to, so... Look, this is a an offensive issue that um, it runs deep. It runs deeper than Vic Fangio. It runs deeper than Rich Gangarello. It goes all the way to the top to John Elway and Joe Ellis. We'll get to that a little bit later in the podcast. I do want to get to the defense because the defense is not by any means excused for this whole situation. When it comes to the the Broncos and their inability um, to to generate anything, now they got pinned in bad situations. Okay. The uh, Obviously, the fumble six was a, a brutal deal. They fall behind quickly. The Broncos' offensive inabilities then is putting the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in good field position. That obviously makes it difficult on the defense. But this is a Denver defense that let Matt Moore, okay, Matt Moore, the no rep, he got no reps this year. Matt Moore was on the Miami, from what I understand, the Miami Dolphins scouting team as somebody who is uh, looking for the future, basically retired earlier this year. And Kansas City, they got issues at backup quarterback, and they call Matt up, and they're like, hey, dude, we need somebody to back up Patrick Mahomes now. You're probably never going to play. Don't worry about it. (laughs) But we do need an arm. We We basically need a body to be there. Patrick Mahomes goes down with the injury, and I want to say this, and I, and I will, uh, I will echo uh, what most players in the Broncos locker room had to say uh, post game about Patrick Mahomes. I uh, hope the kid is okay. Hope the kid is okay. He is so good for football. He is so much fun to watch. And a lot of the Broncos players, they were sending their thoughts and prayers from the locker room post game. So uh, my understanding, he's going to get an MRI today and we'll hope the extent of the injury, it was a dislocated kneecap, that the hope is that there's no ligament damage because again, he is so good for football and he is so much fun to watch. So hopefully uh, all good news for Patrick Mahomes. But when Patrick Mahomes went out and Matt Moore came in, uh, first of all, it was 13-6 at the time. And you thought to yourself, okay... This is a game Denver should win. Patrick Mahomes was the head on the dragon that was uh, no longer there, and Denver should have the ability to be effective not only on defense but at least put up some points on offense, more than six damn points, and yet they still, still can't do it, still. Matt Moore goes 10 for 19. 117 yards and a touchdown, no turnovers, and shreds, shreds the Broncos' defense. The elite defense that we were told was supposed to be developing here in Denver under Vic Fangio because he is the mastermind after several years of such great defense with the Bears and wherever you want it, the 49ers and all these creations. Well, I tell you what, they are not blitzing. They're not making it difficult for the quarterback, and they are getting shredded left and right by by the way, some pretty terrible quarterbacks. Mitchell Trubisky, nothing special. Gardner Minshew, I guess an unknown. I like what Gardner Minshew brings, but a four a four game starter shouldn't be able to move the football like that against the Broncos defense. And then we insert uh, look, Matt Moore, no reps. Matt Moore comes in and drops some dimes. And it's driving me nuts. I just don't understand why this defense can't effectively play competent defense at this point. It's not even getting back to playing well or average, it's getting to the point where it's playing competent. And they can't, they're not doing that. And it's unbelievable. Uh, Broncos lose thirty to six against the Chiefs. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E letter K Radio on Twitter. As we're doing a live edition of the podcast today and getting your thoughts, I'm going to read your reaction here on that Twitter feed in just a little bit. So be sure to go on over there and check that out at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E the letter K Radio on Twitter. Um, last part before we get into Elway and. Uh, uh, Joe Ellis. It's a Joe Ellis, hey, we're we're taking a flamethrower to everything today on this "Burn It Down" edition of the podcast. But I want to get to special teams. Uh, I don't know who came up with the idea. Now, look, the execution of the call is probably done by Vic Fangio, as he talked about post game. But I don't know who came up with the idea to have Colby Wadman with a distraction coming from the left side to focus everybody's eyes on the left side, to then have a guy out on the flat, and Colby Wadman is somehow going to throw some 25-yard dime as a punter in a fake that's going to catch everybody off guard in your own territory against the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night football. It was a stupid, moronic, ridiculous play call. I don't understand the concept of why you would even consider thinking about something like that. Do you not trust your defense to get a stop? Why would you put that kind of risk on this game? Are you, are you so... Do you have no belief that you're going to score points, that you're not going to be able to run with Patrick Mahomes, to where you could just punt that football away and play defense? I don't get it. It's, it's uh, And then to talk about the play call, as Vic Fangio describes, well, it was botched because there was supposed to be a, a wide receiver that comes out to the flat and Colby Wadman was supposed to have some time. Well, first of all, the distraction of Spencer comes from the left side. So you were focusing your attention on that side. And, you know, it's not really often when a punt, uh, uh, Deontay Spencer was to come all of a sudden like a little CFL screen or whatever they call those things. It's not very often that happens on punts. Don't you think that puts the white flag or the radar up? It's like, hey, if you're the defense, something is happening here. We should probably pay attention. It's also coming from the side that we plan to run the play. A dumb play call. One, one of the more ridiculous things I've seen this year next to the swinging gate and the Noah fan handoff in the very first game of the year. Uh, it was too cutesy. They, and I tell you what, they bypassed cutesy. They went straight from, uh, they. They you do not pass cutesy, you do not collect 200, you go straight to jail. You go straight to a stupid moronic play that just should not have been called. It was dumb. Dumb at best. And I can't believe they would uh, even think about executing some sort of play call like that, particularly in a game that you were there was so much of an opportunity with this game. There was so much of an opportunity to pull one game back of the division, and you laid a complete egg. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. One of the worst offensive games I have seen in a very, very long time covering the NFL. At Ronnie K Radio is where you can follow me on Twitter. We're going to get to your reactions because I know they are absolutely lighting up the Twitter. And, uh, of course, if you uh, listen to this podcast on any of the providers, be sure to go on over there, follow our podcast, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, all that great stuff, and, of course, always at MileHighSports.com. All right, we're going to get into your reaction next on the podcast. All right, it's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field, a live edition of the podcast, as uh, we're going to get into your reactions here, at Ronnie K Radio. that's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter, and then I'm going to get into Elway, and I'm going to get into Joe Ellis. Let's start with our good buddy, Zach Seegers, who, of course, is a contributor to MyLifeSports.com. Usually joins me on the podcast once a week. Zach says, get draft value for expiring players if you can. Not Vaughn, unless a godfather offer was to come around. The 2020 draft is loaded. Uh, Time to tear it down is basically what he says. Clean house and hire a real GM. Bree on Twitter says, We need to go get Eli Manning or Kyle Sloter. Not so much sure about that one, uh, but thank you for the response. Danny Bailey on Twitter says, Need to consider a long-term plan to fix the offensive line, which likely means uh, which likely means trading some assets. Brandon Miller on Twitter, Playlock ASAP, what else can they do? fresh on Twitter says, Rebuild a solid offensive line. Success starts there. B Broncos country Den Bronco seventy seven on Twitter says it's disappointing. We knew this was not going to be a quick fix, but we flat out sucked. We have lost what identity we were trying to capture. Back to the drawing board with long term goals, not quick fixes. All right, so I want to start there and react to some of this discussion uh, because I do agree with m- a majority of it, except for the whole go get Eli manic thing. No, no, thank you. Done. Uh, stop with the stopgap quarterbacks. I'm done. I'm done with Joe Flacco. I want nothing to do with Joe Flacco anymore. I want nothing to do with Case Keenum. I don't want Eli Manning. I don't want stopgap quarterbacks. Stop it. okay? This is a Broncos team that consistently is buying a used car year after year after year after year. It's a 97 Honda and then it's a 96 Camaro and then it's this and then it's that. It's a Ford over here and they're breaking down every single year. That's the quarterbacks that they're dealing with. Joe Flacco is a 2001 Honda that is broken down and is just not very good, and you're spending all this money for all these used cars because John La is the used car dealership guy. You need to go out yourself and buy yourself a new car. Just bite the bullet. I don't care if the car gets twenty percent off. Or drive off the lot, and the you know whatever. Go get a new quarterback. Go get a franchise quarterback, and that's in the draft. And maybe you have one. Maybe you have one in Drew Lock. And if you do, or if you think you do. Or if you don't know you do, you need to figure out. The moment Drew Locke is healthy, it is time to start him. I am done with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is not winning you a Super Bowl. I said that the day they picked him up. They're not winning a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, and quite frankly, they're not going to be very competitive with Joe Flacco. Because he is just a slight upgrade from Case Keenum. That's all he is. He is nothing. Nothing. He is not going to get you to the promised land. So that's why the attention needs to be turned to 2020 in the idea that you need to build for the future. And if you don't know or think you have something in Drew Locke, you need to figure out. The moment he is healthy, it is time to send Flacco to the bench and say, we are done with this. We are done. We are not going anywhere with this, and Drew Locke needs to be the starter. And you know what? And Maybe that's throwing the kid under the bus, and maybe that's throwing him in too soon. I don't give a damn. If he has any sort of talent, or he has any sort of moxie, you're gonna see it, okay? You can see great quarterback play even when they perform bad, and I know that kind of sounds funny to hear, and you think to yourself, "What? What does he mean by that?" You can see flashes of potential, you know. And we saw this in, in Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago in that final game when KC came here and and started him over Alex Smith. They knew they were turning the page. This is times. This is Denver's time to turn the page. Okay, Joe Flacco, Case Keenum, Brock Osweiler, Mark Sanchez, Trevor. All these stopgap quarterbacks. I'm done. Stop. Don't think about Eli Manning. Don't think about all these things. Cam Newton was talked about this year. Stop. Find yourself a new car. Find yourself a franchise quarterback because this team is irrelevant without one. We're continuing your responses on Twitter. You can follow me at Ronica Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio on Twitter. John says, fire Elway, start lock. Lindsey fan says, fire Elway and get an owner. Justin Yates says, hashtag Locktober. enough said. We're always trying to tie things to the October name. That's kind of weird. It's like Rocktober, Locktober. Hey, I'm all foreseeing Drew Locke. I'm done with the whole stopgap quarterback. Debo on Twitter says the more they pass, it decreases their odds of winning. 34 pass attempts, even in a losing game, is too much. Need to commit to the run more early on. Talked about this on the podcast several times last week, or really this week before the game. And hinted at the idea that look, Tennessee and Indy, they gave you the blueprint. They gave you the blueprint to beat Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City, and even more so, should definitely be the blueprint to beat Matt Moore. Matt Moore, who has no reps, no reps, and you still can't beat him. I'm just, it's mind blowing. The blueprint was to run the ball and run it successfully. Unfortunately, the offensive line let them down. It was a bad performance from the offensive line, from top to bottom. Garrett Bulls was not good. Elijah Wilkinson just continues to be the weakness on that side, that right side. It's just, it is what it is. They are lacking so much talent. They are lacking so much talent right now. And that goes to the top, and let's discuss this. Uh, because John Elway has been the GM and is going to be ranked in two eras. There's going to be a two-era John Elway here in Denver as GM. It is is with Peyton Manning, or the pre and the post. That is how he is going to be ranked. And right now, the post-Peyton Manning era is pretty darn terrible. And at this point, it may be time to burn it to the ground And start over, and I'm not quite sure he should be involved in that start over. Because this is a guy that has failed to evaluate correct talent year after year after year after year. And even more so, at the most important position in the NFL at quarterback. And look, I say this with all due respect to every other position in the NFL. It is time to understand that he can't evaluate Most of the positions in the NFL and evaluate them correctly. Okay. His best draft pick is Von Miller. Von Miller was a no brainer. That was a no brainer pick. His second best pick is probably Bradley Chubb, who fell into his lap at number five. Again, a no brainer. Remember, this is a guy who was going to trade out of that pick, but then Bradley Chubb all of a sudden falls into his lap, and he says, okay, well, we absolutely want to make that pick, obviously. This is a guy who continually fails. We talk about the 2017 draft class constantly. Hey, look, Demarcus Walker has been my guy. Okay, You've heard this on the podcast several times. That's been my guy. I'm a big Demarcus Walker fan, picks up another sack in the game yesterday. I think he can be a player. Outside of that, Garrett Bowles is a bust. Uh, who else is from that draft class? Carlos Henderson, Brendan Langley. I don't, You don't even remember anymore because they haven't been on the team for multiple years. That was the 2017 draft. That was two years ago, and they are no longer on the team. It's unbelievable to see the lack of ability to see talent, to spot talent. And then, of course, we've talked about the quarterback position in Brock Osweiler, in Paxton Lynch. Uh, It just hasn't worked out. Now, is third time the charm? And this is where I think John Elway is going to get a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a pass, but a buffer. Okay? This is a buffer. I believe Elway's status with this team is solely hinging on Drew Locke. Uh, you're not going to end the season and not see what Drew Locke is capable of and then say it's time to move on from Elway. If, If Locke is a hit, then all of a sudden things change because, again, All that matters in this league is having a franchise quarterback. They have to hit on Locke. And if Locke is a hit, then all of a sudden things change drastically. But if Locke is a miss, it is time for Elway to go because he cannot evaluate at several other positions and the most important one at quarterback. And maybe it involves a demotion. Maybe it involves a change of position. But when it comes to picking the talent and making the final say, so far he has been borderline Below average at best. Below average at best. And unfortunately, when you start to suck in the draft, you have to fill those voids by overpaying players. And what do you have to do then? You have to overpay for Juwan James. And you have to spend that money to bring those guys here because your team is bad. Your team is what? 13-26 and over the last 39? That's terrible. That's terrible. That's bad football in the last two and a half years. And I think the Broncos fans have changed their tune. I think today was the official flipping of uh, their feelings from a disappointment, uh, from a, a frustration... To a straight pissed off, I think this is a fan base that is pissed off, uh, and as they should be. This is a fan base that expects better. They should see better, and right now they are seeing some very, very poor play, not only on the offense but also on the defense. Of course, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. Back to your responses. Chiefs Kingdom says, fire Elway, which is kind of funny because if you're a Chiefs fan, I think you kind of want Elway to stick around. He's not really making the right decisions. Dana on Twitter says, start with benching Bulls. I I have to be honest, I don't understand why they haven't done this yet. Garrett Bulls clearly doesn't get it. It's, It's not clicking. And just throwing him out there and changing the way you're coaching or changing the way you're explaining it isn't really a way to just say, "Hey, this is what's going to make it better." You know, it's like, "Hey, you know, I've got ten thousand dollars in student loans and I'm just going to wait till next month to pay them because I'll have more money next month." And it's like, "Well, no, it's due this month." And it's like that's not how that works. That's not how that works. You need to pay it this month. You know, I just I, I don't get it. It's 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 so baffling to see them consistently throw it out week after week after week, expecting it's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. And that's what they're doing with Garrett Bowles, and it is killing that Broncos offense. Tick on Twitter says, fire Elway. Derek Graven on Twitter says, Flacco's a statue that hangs onto the ball too damn long. Zach on Twitter says, remove Elway, but that's a fantasy. I'll, say, I'll start by saying, start, lock, A-S-A-P. Ryan on Twitter says, Flacco's terrible. Coaching's terrible. Fire Tom McMahon immediately. The special teams has been garbage. Why did we redo Flacco's deal? I'm going to give a little insight on the Flacco deal. The Flacco restructure deal was to bring in more money to A, sign Andy Janovich, and B, my belief is to sign Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons is probably one of the very few bright spots on this football team, and I tell you what, he could—he just continues to make plays. He, just, he is such a smart, uh, savvy, cerebral, uh, terrific safety, terrific person, and he deserves all that money. Give that man the bag, and I tell you what, John Elway's going to have to pony up for this guy because week after week after week, I tell you what, his agent and himself are probably saying, you know what, let's hang tight on contract discussions because I'm playing pretty darn well and my price tag is going up and up and up. And up every single week where he makes plays. And I tell you what, he made a couple last uh, last night that uh, were just terrific. And he, he is a joy to cover. He's a joy to talk to. He is so professional. Uh, and I, I hope he gets as much money as he deserves because, man, He is a terrific, terrific player, and hopefully he is a long-time safety for the Denver Broncos because that is a ring-of-fame talent in Justin Simmons. He is that good. When it comes to the firing Tom McMahon comment that uh, Ryan got to, look, I have said this on the podcast before. Uh, I am not afraid to say it again. I kind of don't understand the love obsession that Tom McMahon sees with Colby Wadman. I don't know what... Tom McMahon is doing that is worthy of keeping him around. Uh, They're missing field goals. They're not good in coverage. They're not good at returning. And the punting is terrible. I I just don't see where he is um, really putting an imprint on this team because they're bad in several phases of that special teams, and I just don't get it. And some of it, look, it comes down to execution. You know, look, a kicker misses a kick, that's not on him. But certainly over a long-term span of time when it comes to poor tackling on special teams or poor alignment, poor positioning, um, allowing, of course, a kick return to L.A., punting has been bad. I just I, I don't understand the live and die, the, the die on the hill mentality with Colby Wadman. There's nothing that Colby Wadman does that is special. And certainly it's not faking a play to the left and rolling out and throwing a 25-yard dime on a fake on Thursday Night Football because that certainly never happened. You can, of course, uh, join us on the discussion on Twitter. Bronco Hawk says, fire sale. Look to 2020. This team is garbage. Bench Flacco. Wise guy, 702 on Twitter says, burn it to the ground. Denver FB talk on Twitter says, blow it up. The longer this team denies its rebuilding period, the longer we'll wallow in mediocrity. I tell you what, they're not even mediocre. They're a bad football team. They're a bad football team at 2-5. and five, uh, I agree. It is It is time to blow it up. It is time to look at uh, moving veterans. It is time to look at the 2020 draft. And that's probably what we'll do on this Broncos Blitz podcast because I tell you what, this season is done for. Uh, this is a team that needs to look at start moving veterans. Uh, I'm going to put names out there that are just rumored by other people. Manuel Sanders, Chris Harris Jr. Um, I, I I have to be honest, guys. The Von Miller discussion is not worth having because it's not happening. Uh, that is a money Uh, Now, I will say this. okay. Any team, I believe, can acquire any player at any point in time. Okay, I don't believe the salary cap is the reason that stands in the way of somebody making a move. And I know that's funny to hear because it's like, well, it's hard numbers. Mm, There's ways to move money around. There's ways to make things happen. If you truly want it to happen, if you truly want it to happen, you will make it happen. Um, I think there is more of an opportunity for Chris Harris Jr., to stay long-term than Emmanuel Sanders. I believe Emmanuel Sanders' time is done in Denver, and I believe it's going to be coming to an end in the near few weeks. I believe this is a guy that Denver is going to look at dealing. This is an aging veteran who, by the way, at the wide receiver position, you got a couple young, talented players and Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, and then obviously Cortland Sutton. I think it is time to move on from Emmanuel Sanders. You don't want to keep him long-term, and certainly I don't think he wants to stay on a losing team long-term. Interesting situation in the locker room yesterday when uh, everybody was huddled up. Emmanuel Sanders made several jokes about wanting to give the media exactly what they were looking for. Uh, He is frustrated, make no mistake. And look, he said that before. He kept it politically correct, but it just feels like this is a guy – that wants out. That's just my personal thought. It feels like a guy who wants uh, to be done with all this. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, but I think if you're Denver, I think you are. Better set off for the future to start to move some of these veterans because at the end of the year, they're just going to walk away anyways. And maybe that's the same situation with Chris Harris Jr. I don't know. I believe that Chris Harris Jr. wants to stay here. I believe he loves being a Bronco. I think there's an opportunity for him to stay here, but it's going to come at a premium, and it's probably going to come at a price tag that the Denver Broncos are not going to be able to pay. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there, of course, at tap 14. 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. All right. Last point I want to make I'm talking about Elway and Ellis. You know, this is a Denver team that this is where the root of the problem is. It is at the top because John Elway has been. Bad at evaluating talent. He has been terrible at picking quarterbacks. And unfortunately, I don't know if there's anybody to hold him accountable. And Joe Ellis maybe is supposed to be this guy, but Joe Ellis isn't good for this Broncos team if you are deciding that you should keep Vance Joseph after a year and instead the opposite, bringing in Mike Shanahan. Of course, that reported by Woody Page. That was, uh, oh gosh, a couple months ago prior to the season. Look, if this is Ellis nullifying Elway in football operations, this is essentially a hijacking of the franchise. That's really what it is. And it's a real shame because I ask the question all the time. I ask the question, what would Pat Boland do? What would Pat Boland do in every decision that I look at? And I think he would look at this team, and I think he would look at the amount of losses that continue to pile up and say to himself, I would have made changes a long time ago. A long time ago. But they're con- the Broncos are stuck in this very, just a very weird situation where the ownership is not there, there is no immediate situation for this ownership to be resolved, and they have somebody who is just simply... Not good enough to call the shots. He was good enough to recruit Peyton Manning, and that was good enough to win them a Super Bowl. And that's great. But, boy, when it comes to building from the ground up, not very good. And uh, the track record is just, it is bad. And, uh, unfortunately, for the Denver Broncos, it is their fans that are beginning to, uh, well, see the um, writing on the wall that this team needs another rebuild uh, look, there's no there's no rebooting in this situation. It is time to blow it up, burn it to the ground, and truly invest in a rebuild because that is the only way this team is truly going to get off this schneid of bad play to mediocrity play, and it's just it's not working anymore. And it's time to move on. So, uh, a very uh, well unfortunate podcast that we got to record because look, I don't like talking about all this stuff. Okay? I want to talk about a team that's winning. I want to talk about a team that's in the playoff hunt. I want to talk about a team that's successful with players who are going to make a lot of money. But unfortunately, this is just not the case. And this is a Broncos team that is hit spiraling towards a complete rebuild. But of course, we will cover it on the podcast. And of course, it's presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. We are all done for the podcast. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K. Radio. That's at. R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio on Twitter, where you can catch me uh, tweeting about the Broncos and, of course, on the radio show every single morning, 7 a.m. on Mile High Sports Radio, FM 1047, 1340, locally here in Denver, and, of course, always streaming at milehighsports.com. That's 7 a.m. Mountain and, of course, 9 a.m. Eastern for our East Coast friends who like to tune in to the show. And if you missed any archives of these shows or of the podcast, you can catch all that breaking news, discussions, player profiles, and Interviews at MileHighsports.com. That's MileHighsports.com. See you all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz Podcast, visit MileHighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.
1: When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96%